What up, what up? Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 160's pre-roll. And once again, I'm going to remind you guys that we do have an open slot right now because we only have three shows, so we only have three of these slots available to our $100 supporters. But if you want to get in, jump on it while it's hot. You could get a ad from one of us, a brand spanking new shiny little toy to advertise your business, your podcast, I don't know, maybe a passion project. Maybe advertise your My Little Pony Brony Meetup group. Little Sparkle Feathers. I know what your secret name is. <laughs> I know what your secret name is. Uh, anyway, it can be much better than this ad. Trust me, you. But you can only get in on that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty and joining at our $100 level to give you access to all of these wonderful benefits. And additionally... You may have noticed that we've been doing some shows that are based upon our supporters' suggestions or requests, and that can be yours to have at the low, low price of $50 a month in support. You go in for uh, for three months of that, you get to pick a conspiracy corner, you get to pick an LILDL topic, Yeah, you know, we can have some fun with it. So thanks to Craig, thanks to uh, Kale, thanks to Davey, our supporters that are at that level right now. You guys can get on that as well. Have some fun with it. And we look forward to having you influence and input on our program. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hello, Lions. This is not Brian McWilliams today. Um, As many of you probably know, Brian, well, his wife is having a baby. So I'm expecting him to return soon as a uh, moderate Christian conservative like Dave Smith. I think that seems to happen when uh, libertarians have children, you know? This is this is John Oder, Matt, joining, joining <laughs> Howie Snowden here. Yeah. And uh, I'm a Christian conservative, so I have, I have a child. So I'm uh, I'm in the Dave Smith camp. It's uh, He has uh, a 60-day course that you take, How to Become a Christian Conservative. I'm, I'll be promoting it on my yeah. Facebook page. You can check it out. I mean, I, I don't have kids, but I understand, you know, you, you see how the sausage is made and you, you become a little bit more pro-life. It makes sense to me. I yeah, I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, to be serious for a minute, like, I think I became more pro-life the minute that I heard uh, my daughter's heartbeat, which was like at the eight eight weeks. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, whoa, people are aborting babies like after eight weeks? That's insane. But I mean, that's that's my personal view. I don't think this podcast is here to talk about abortion, but. No, I mean, maybe Virginia's abortioner in chief, uh, Ralph Northam, I don't know. I'm sure most of you have heard or seen the clips where he would say, you know, we'll make the baby comfortable and the mother will have a conversation. And he's talking about killing babies after they're born, like nothing wrong with them. And it's, it's disturbing to say the least. And I mean, this is actually news now because it just happened. There was a booty judge rally or some kind of event going on. Mm-hmm. And there was a pro-life Democrat there who's saying, you know, would you be willing to modify our platform so it's not as extreme? And they start asking them, they're like, would you like at least say like our Northam's position or what uh, Cuomo had signed into law with this like right up until birth stuff is like, would you be willing to like walk that back a bit 
and they wouldn't give them an answer. They wouldn't say like, he didn't say no, he didn't say yes. But to me, it's just like, come on, people. Like, I, I can understand both sides of this argument a little bit, but not to that extreme, not to when you're having a baby born or even like late term. It's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I cannot believe that this is like a mainstream thing now. That yeah, we're I mean, about well, I, I think I think if they did like a a poll of the United States, like the entire United States, which they never do, but I, I can't imagine that more than like ten percent of people would be in favor of late term abortion. And I don't think like anyone outside of like a few like outliers would be in favor of you know abortion right before birth. Oh, yeah. I know the polls that I've seen, it's like the majority is pro-choice. But then when they start asking questions about, well, what about in the third trimester? Those numbers drop drastically. Mm -hmm. It's the, the Democratic Party is getting a lot more extreme than I think the general population is. And it's I actually think when Governor Northam came out and said that and people are like, he's talking about infanticide. I think the Democrats leaked those pictures of him in either blackface or like the KKK hood to be like, all right, we got to yeah. change the topic here. And so I think that was, that, that was after the, I can't remember the order. That, that it happened. was like right after like the next week, those pictures yeah. came out. And so ever, nobody's talking about infanticide anymore. Now they're talking about, Oh, was he in blackface? And I think he didn't have to step down because now he's doing whatever they want. And there's this big push in Virginia to take away everybody's guns. I think that's where it all came from. He's like, all right, now I am beholden. I want to stay in power. I toe the line. But how much time does he have left in Virginia? Isn't he, uh, isn't he out soon? Um, so in Virginia, I was incorrect. I thought governors here could only do one term. That's not true. They can only do, you can't do two terms consecutively, but Northam's trying to change that. Authoritarian. So, yeah. People think and, Trump uh, is going to change that for the presidency. I know a lot of our listeners have been following what's been going on here in Virginia. And so just, I just wanted like a, a brief update. Cause there's a yeah. couple of things I've been hearing that people say that aren't exactly accurate. Like the NRA has been saying they got the assault weapons bill killed. And then when I hear people talk about this, they're like, Oh yeah, well, well, no, they're not doing assault weapon ban. They're, doing these other things, but that's, it is and isn't true. The bill that was the assault weapon ban did get pulled, but it's because they have this other bill, which hasn't gone to committee yet, which is even worse. Um, it's looking like, I don't know if they're going to bring it up this year, but it seems like it's definitely something they're going to push next year, but they have a different bill. It's like HB 961 or something that it's a worse version. I mean, this year they got their red flag law passed, which is just, like shredding the constitution. Mm -hmm. so That's bad enough. Was the assault weapons ban that, that got pulled? Was that bill? Was that, to, that was a registration bill. Anyone who had an assault weapon. Yeah. That register. There was grandfathered in, but you had to register. Um, but I mean, Virginians that they, they care about this for like their legacy. They're like, Oh, I got my gun, but my kids yeah, screw them. They don't get to have them. Like nobody's going for that. Um, but this other bill doesn't have a grandfather clause. The one that I think will come up later. And something that, but that they are doing to try to, I think, get a, around that. Um, they have this bill, which is going to let 
localities pass their own gun control laws. So like all these cities and certain counties could go ahead and ban assault weapons or different things. Now, one thing that's especially terrible about that is if you're driving through the state from work, home to work to whatever, you're mm-hmm. supposed to keep track of the gun laws in 130 different localities, which they can like change at whim and, you know, not be in violation of any of these things like in the state of Virginia. It's just insane. Yeah. Well, that that's what saved uh, in Pittsburgh, city of Pittsburgh, where I am. <clears throat> well, I live outside the city, but um, the mayor tried to, this was right after there was the, the shooting in a, in a synagogue a couple of years ago. Right. And the mayor played off that to, to pass local gun control legislation. That was the same thing. Like no assault weapons within the city limits. So if you were like driving through, like you're just driving through the city of Pittsburgh, you have an assault weapon, you got pulled over. I mean, you'll be, you'll be arrested. But that was challenged by, I think the NRA backed it, challenged and thrown out, um, the first challenge. They said they're going to appeal, but I, I don't see any, there's no way that they're going to win an appeal. So it's more just, yeah. they're just, just playing the appeal to, to raise money and all that stuff. The, the NRA has barely done anything here to help. It's been, um, the VCDL, the Virginia citizens defense league and gun owners of America have been the ones like spearheading all the resistance and getting people out there. I, I like gun, gun owners of America. I like Larry Pratt. I'm a member one thing I don't like though is every month or every two months they send this like huge packet of just paper talking about you know call your senator say this script and it's just such a waste of money like same thing with the Libertarian Party I can't stand when like mm. all this just paper is sent out in the yeah. mail it's so expensive and these I don't organizations read any of it. that yeah nobody reads any of that crap so I, I don't know. It's, I just wish Sometimes, they'd be more effective with their money. I like more when they send me like a sticker or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People who have heard our last episode, uh, there was a lot of talk about how dangerous helicopters are. I just Monday's make, episode, yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure people know that was recorded before the Kobe Bryant thing happened. It, <laughs> I, If you've heard me talk before, you know, one thing I know is helicopters are dangerous. My dad taught me life's not fair. My grandparents taught me the Clintons are killers and helicopters are dangerous. So your, it's your your grandparents <laughs> taught you the Clintons are killers. Oh yeah. The the whole Vince Foster thing I heard from my grandfather as oh, a wow. kid, he was like a b- big, like Rush Limbaugh guy. And, but yeah, I knew from a kid. Yeah. Helicopters I've, I've are always, bad. Clintons are bad. <laughs> life's I've, not fair. I've always been skeptical of helicopters because I mean, you hear about crashes all the time. And the company I worked for previous to one that I work for now, it was like a couple weeks before I was leaving. And two of the employees who got married were on their honeymoon in Hawaii and died in helicopter crash. Yeah, that's my grandparents' friends died in Hawaii in a helicopter crash. I guess it's like pretty, not like common, but it happens frequently enough in Hawaii that... It's probably the least safe form of air travel. Like if you've got an option plane or helicopter, take the plane. Take a uh, hot air balloon before a helicopter. <laughs> I've been up in a hot air balloon. Have, have, have you, you been in one before? No, no, no. It's uh Is it fun? It's yeah, it's fun and it's relaxing like most of the time. Taking off, you just go up and then you're just coasting along. The only part that sucks is when you have to like come down and land because you're basically at the mercy of the winds. And you you throw ropes out and there's people there like when you're in the in the hot air balloon, like someone in a truck will follow the hot air balloon. Cause like if like a wind gust catches you, 
you can get blown into power lines or, I mean, you try to land in like an area where there's not a lot of stuff like that around, but we were trying to land in a field and at the last minute, Augusta wind took us and we landed like in these like briar patches, but could have been worse, I guess. Something I do. I do want to try hang gliding someday. I don't know if I'd ever try that. I don't think so. I don't know. You think it's, think it's more dangerous than helicopters. <laughs> more chance for like user air. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. But anyway, so after we recorded this, I think like a day or two later, I saw on Twitter about Kobe Bryant dying and just, wow, he's a year older than me. And then I saw like his daughter died too. I'm like, wow, that's mm-hmm. so sad. It sucks. Then I'm seeing people start posting all the stuff about Kobe Bryant rape accusations and stuff. And it's like, this is disgusting. Somebody just died and you're trying to get hate clicks. It just like blows my mind. It, yeah. Like uh, Larry Sharp had a, a, like a good response to that. He's like, listen, he's dead. You're not hurting him. You're only hurting like his wife and like kids that are left alive. And it's like, if this is true, like you're not really helping the victims either. And if it's not true, you're just like, all you're doing is hurting people. Mm-hmm. And it's, I couldn't believe it. Like these people, it's something about our culture now that just to like get those clicks, it's like hate clicks. He's put this stuff out and like exploit somebody's death like that. And it's disgusting. And he wasn't convicted. of No, crime. it was, it was thrown out of court. It was thrown out of court and people say, because he's settled, yeah, that, and that's like civil. an admission of guilt. But what people don't understand, especially when you have as, as much money as Kobe Bryant, I mean, he's obviously already cheated on his wife. They're going through that. Do they really want the the details of what happened to come out again and, and to be rehashed? No, I mean, pay some money. It you know, yeah, goes away. And settling doesn't mean you're guilty. Taking a plea deal doesn't mean you're guilty. Yeah, as you well know. Yeah, actually, this uh, this week's episode of Felony Friday is sort of all about that. The guest I have on, what he got tied up in was he originally went – I don't want to get too much into the story, but he ended up getting offered a plea deal, and he was a young kid, like 17 years old, and he took the plea deal because they were basically holding him, and uh, they wouldn't – they kept delaying, delaying uh, his trial, and his public defender was like, oh, if you want to – you want to get out on a on a bail right now? I could get you out. Just take a plea deal and plead guilty to the charges, and you'll be out. And I'll have you out, but you know, by this afternoon. So people can't imagine why anyone would plead guilty, but it happens very frequently. So, what would you recommend? Because I know I heard like when Larry Levine was on your show, he's um, I think we were talking about the school scandal thing. He was saying mm-hmm. you take the deal, you be the first one to take the deal. Like if if you're falsely accused, are you going to take a deal or do you not? I know if everybody stopped taking deals, we'd all win, but that's not going to happen. So I don't know. Like, what would you do personally? Yeah. I mean, if it's a federal case like that, you basically have – you have no chance. It doesn't matter. You could have videos showing someone else doing it, and if they're bringing charges against you at the federal level, they'll they'll find something on you. Um so I'm not going to tell anyone else to do, but probably if something like that happened to me, you, you would have to take it some sort of deal unless the deal was so bad in, in and of itself that, um, you know, risking the going to prison, you know, might, might not be as, it might be worth the risk if, if you know, if, if the deal wasn't, wasn't that good. But 
Yeah, so you risk admitting doing something that you that you didn't do just to get out of prison more quickly. And the other thing that Larry Levine says and uh, RDAP Dan, um, who's been on my show before, says is, I mean, equally important or maybe more important than finding a lawyer is finding a good prison consultant because they know the ins and outs of the, sy- the system and the pre-sentencing reporting and and how to maximize, you know, the, the classes you can take and different things in order to get the, the shortest sentence. But yeah, I mean, it just, all you have to do is look at the uh, look at the college cheating scandal case. Felicity Huffman took a deal right away. Um, Laurie Lachlan, Aunt Becky, didn't take a deal. As soon as she didn't take a deal, she got more charges thrown at her. I hear and- she might get off though. Now they're staying in the news. Really? Yeah, because all right. So the pictures of them in the like pretending to be what were they? Some kind of sports thing. They were pretending to be uh, like rowers. They, they right? never actually submitted those to anyone. And also the money that they gave, they wrote it out to the school or something, not to like a particular dude. And it was after she was already accepted. I don't know if it was like, hey, yeah, if you're going to make these donations, she'll get accepted. And they like accepted her and then they wrote these checks. But then it becomes kind of like a donation, you know? Wait, really? I, I thought the whole thing was they wrote, like there was money laundering, money laundering charges because I thought they wrote the checks to that guy, that unless, singer. Right unless there? Fox News is lying to me. Apparently, well, she wrote, apparently she didn't write. They were saying they didn't write to the guy they were in school. They were, they were thinking that she might actually beat this now. Sean Hannity would never lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually looking before for like the Sean Hannity breaking news music. Couldn't find it. They just wanted me to watch his like breaking news, like reports. I'm like, nope, nope, not going to happen. Because we had some breaking news today in the impeachment scandal, which has been the most boring thing to pay attention to or watch. But it might get exciting. Mitch McConnell has come out. They don't, the Republicans don't have enough votes to block witnesses. Really? So it looks like they're going to be calling witnesses. Uh, I know the Democrats want John Bolton, and there's a lot of Republicans that want Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to come and testify. Oh, wow. And I mean, oh man, just as soon as this can of worms is open, this could turn into a big circus. What what did Rand Paul say? Didn't Rand Paul make some, not threat, but was there there some mechanism? He said he can guarantee you there'll be at least 51 Republicans that will vote to have like Hunter Biden come in and testify. (laughs) Is that what he said? I thought he didn't want any witnesses unless. Um, He might not have, but I think he was saying, if you do have witnesses, there will be 51 Republicans that are going to call these people in. And I mean, I don't know how the democratic party could think that would be good for their front runner. Like, I mean, we've seen Joe Biden on tape talking about how he was threatening to withhold a billion dollars. So they would stop investigating the company his son worked for Mm -hmm. his crackhead son that was like sleeping with his brother's widow knocked up some stripper recently. He just lost a paternity suit on that one. The DNA test proves it's his and he's not qualified. Got kicked out of the army for drugs. Doesn't speak the language. Doesn't know anything he didn't about even, oil. You know, it, the, the army thing, it wasn't got kicked out of the army. He was at like officer basic training uh, yeah, officer and he showed up like school. He didn't even get in. Right. Cause he well, well, you're in, I mean, once you go like yeah. when I'm in basic training, I'm in the army. Like as soon as you sign that contract. Yeah, but he like showed up and he was. Still he, he, high never, on coke, he never. He right? never. He never made it to a unit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, how much a degen- degenerate do you have to be to to show up? To and basic I mean, training. that's high. the kind of drug that like 
is in and out of your system. So he did that like the night before. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I guess he thought I'm Joe Biden's son. I can do whatever uh, I want. Well, so hopefully this impeachment thing gets a little more entertaining because really it's been the same shit. Schiff rehashing. Try to pretend that uh, there was Russian collusion with Trump and he cheated in the last election and they're going to cheat out of the next election. And as Dave Smith brought this up, because I, I couldn't watch all these hearings. It's I can't awful. watch them either. I can't even. But apparently the there is a point where Schiff was saying, you know, we have to do this because the Russians hacked Burisma and they might start releasing some information, some of which might be true and they might put some fake things in there and they might steal the election again. And this is like, if I was him, I wouldn't even talk about Burisma at all, but it seems like they know something bad is going to be coming out. And they're trying to get ahead of it. Like, Oh, you know, it might be fake stuff mixed in with true stuff. We can't believe this. He's, this has got to come out and we'll lose the election. It won't be legitimate. So we have to remove him. It's a threat to our democracy. God. And it's just. The, the whole thing is so ridiculous. And, and Schiff acts like it's common knowledge. Like everyone should just accept that Donald Trump stole the election and cheated. When when you look back, I mean, has anybody seen any like Russian, these Russian Facebook ads? Has anybody seen any that actually look like they could have been at all effective? They all look like no, jokes. No, they weren't. It wasn't those specific ads. Those was like a click farm just trying to get clicks and make money. They weren't trying to influence the election. Those did not influence the election. In the like WikiLeaks stuff that came out, it's never been proven at all that the Russians were behind that. I hope we hear more about Seth Rich in the future. I still think that that may be a much more likely thing than the whole Russia thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's totally dropped out of the news cycle. Anything about Seth Rich? Though I did see something about it, I think, yesterday. Some released documents came out. They were heavily redacted, but it looks like one of the people on the Seth Rich investigation was Peter Strzok. Oh, I did and see that. in the things, like, it was blacked out, but he apparently had something squashed, probably the investigation into Seth Rich's death. Wow. But... And there's been nothing new, at least that I've seen recently, about Julian Assange that's basically dropped off? Um, so he's finished his sentence. They're just holding him for political purposes now because the U.S. wants to extradite him. He's been released from solitary confinement, at least, thank God. Um, so where's he being held? Just in a He's in Britain still. Prison? Uh, I, I think so. I know they let him out of solitary confinement. I think mm. he's still in the same facility. But we have a similar thing happening now with Glenn Greenwald. Well, not similar in the fact that a journalist is being, you know, attacked. Not that he's not has not been like arrested by the Brazilians and being held or anything like that. But are, are you familiar with that at all? No, I haven't seen anything on that. I don't know a lot of the details either, but I know he's been heavily critical of Bolsonaro, the new dude down in Brazil, and. Mm-hmm. I think he's being accused of some kind of like hacking or something, but it was really from what I can gather, it was journalism was what he was doing. And he lives in Brazil. He doesn't. I, that I, I don't think so, but I know that the Brazilians are trying to like charge him or they want him for something. I, I don't know. I, That's so ridiculous. I need to know more about this to even talk about it. It's just like, yeah, I, I hate seeing. It's so funny too, because I hate seeing something like that happen to someone who does good journalism 
but at the same time, like most journalists today give all journalists such a bad name. Like mm-hmm. something happens to like the New York Times or MSNBC, I'll be like, ha ha, whatever. You know, it's like, good. Y'all deserve it. <laughs> But. It's journalism is just like going back to the Kobe Bryant thing. It's just become just a race, and th- nobody even cares if they get the facts right. Like when the Kobe night Kobe Bryant news broke, the first headline I saw, Kobe Bryant, it just said like sources: Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash, four daughters on board helicopter. I'm like holy crap! Um, Thank God that wasn't the case. I mean, it's bad enough yeah, as, yeah. as it was, but uh, people just report whatever the hell they want to. There's no vetting of facts. So one good thing that Washington Post lady that was tweeting about the rape stuff right after he died got suspended. So I'm glad there's some consequences for oh, being good. totally like, I don't even know what the word is. Yeah. I, I, I very not, rarely, not human. very rarely unfriend people on Facebook. I'll do like an, unfollow or maybe just like the snooze where you don't see their stuff for a couple of weeks if I'm getting annoyed by somebody. But some, I'm, I don't know, I'm friends with so many libertarians, I don't even know who they are, but some libertarian yeah. posted some long thing about, well, I didn't even know who Kobe Bryant was until he died in a helicopter crash. But then I remembered, oh yeah, he raped this lady back in, uh, whatever, 17 years ago. So screw him. I'm like, well, you know what, buddy? See you later. You're, I don't. I don't need you yeah. on my feed, man. I actually went on a big unfollow spree um, back after Soleimani was assassinated. Mm-hmm. All the libertarian libertarians that were like saying it was just a good thing. They're like, yeah, great, glad Trump did that. And it's like, yeah, I'm not having this kind of statism in my timeline. So I, the- I, I know you have an interesting take on it, and you know what? Best case scenario, I feel like. The Iranian government wanted him taking out too, and this wasn't going to cause a war. And Trump knew that, and Iran knew that. But still, we're not Iran's assassins either, and it's still oh, yeah. wrong. I, I don't think. Cool. Yeah, but, um, I, I don't think that. Uh, you know, there was no no due process involved in any way. Um, I don't know if it's worse than anything Obama did. Obama had America, an American citizen, killed with a drone yeah. strike. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, it was an act of war without without a declaration of war. So yeah, I don't support that. But with all that being said, um, I do think that there was things going on behind the scenes where there was some sort of understanding that I think uh, the Ayatollah, you know, the Iranian yeah. leader, who ultimately really was sort of jostling for power with Soleimani. Um, I, I don't think he had a, a problem with the U.S. taking Soleimani out. Yeah, I don't have any evidence. My gut feeling is telling me the same thing. I mean, he... I, I think it's a country that's split like ours, but there was a huge following for that dude. There are a lot of people, a lot of people upset, a lot of people happy. And I think probably the Ayatollah is happy to not have the competition anymore. Have a new head mm-hmm. of the RGC that's doesn't have this cult following will maybe be able to be like brought to heel. And I don't think we're at risk of world war three for that at this time, but yeah, I don't think so either. I'm still really pisses. I would still rather see him impeach for something like that than, you know, holding up an arms deal with the Ukraine government. It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can help Saudi Arabia continue to commit genocide. You can like, assassinate the number two in a foreign government's like country that we're not at war with, but 
You're going to hold withhold military aid to the Azov Battalion, the proud grandsons of the Galatian SS. That's unacceptable. <laughs> it's like, come on. Which, which is like, it's like standard. <laughs> it's like standard to do with foreign aid. The only reason why it's an issue is because Joe Biden's involved. Yeah. Right? And, they're like, the only- and they're like, well, you're putting U.S. national security at risk for your own political Oh, wait, our national security, if we don't give these weapons to the Ukrainians, you mean the weapons that Obama wouldn't give them? So and wh- so, so, what happened there? with Because uh, I've, I've read a little bit of that about Obama's interactions with the Ukraine, so Ukrainians. So Obama supported them and gave them funding, but he wouldn't go so far as to give actual like weapons and military support. He didn't want to piss off Russia too much. So it was kind of like, we're support you, we're going to give you money and this and that, but he wouldn't go so far as to give them arms. Whereas Trump's like, yeah, Putin's puppet will give, you know, Russia's yeah, Sounds like arms. Obama was Putin's puppet. Yeah. Worst puppet ever. <laughs> uh, so, so there was a uh, post on Twitter by Nick Sarwak today about the whole impeachment thing being like, so is there anything you people would really impeach him for? I mean, come on. And Man Schrader, P. Quinones, Trudy's like, well, genocide and <laughs> yeah, man, this and that, like, what's this whole of things? And it's like, yes, there are things we would impeach him for, but this is not that. This is nonsense. This is a deep state coup. Like, if he gets, sure, I don't want presidents abusing power, but if he gets removed from this, there's no lesson that a future president learns besides fall in line with the deep state or they're going to get you out. Like this is, there might've been something technically slightly illegal, but it's not a big deal. No one cares. All the bad, really bad stuff he's done. They all do. And he'll never get removed for that. Hey guys, just want to take a real quick break from today's show to tell you about a fantastic podcast that if for some reason you don't have it in your your podcast feed yet, you need to add it. It's called Free Man Beyond the Wall. Of course, it's hosted by none other than Pete Quinones, the artist formerly known as Mance Raider. Pete is an author. Um, he's a fantastic libertarian thinker. His guests range from everyone, the who's who of libertarians inside and also people outside of the liberty movement. His topics, he's covering everything from foreign policy to the police state, immigration, politics, libertarian theory, history, everything and anything in between. He's some of the most interesting shows that I've heard anywhere from any libertarian podcast. And of course, he's had myself and Brian and Mark on the show too. So that helps. Guys, be sure to check out and subscribe to Free Man Beyond the Wall. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. What is Nick Sorwark trying to accomplish? Like, I don't know. And he's done a couple good things recently. I'll give him credit for that. Um, oh, what were they? He was on some show. Some, I think he was on Morning Joe. Yeah, that was it. He was on Morning Joe, and he actually did a very good job. And I made sure to go on. I tweeted to him. I said, hey, yeah, we disagree a lot, but good job on the morning show. And then he did a, somebody's podcast, and it was pretty decent. Yeah. I, when it, as I was praising him, though, in the back of my mind, I'm like, wait, is he just trying to trick us until after the convention? 
<laughs> be he like, might be. <laughs> he, he still hasn't declared if he's even running yet. Yeah. For, so I'm for like, chair again. keep my eye out. But I mean, mm-hmm. with anybody, if you do something good, I'll praise you. When you do something bad, I'm going to say something. Right. So two good things in the past two years that he's done. All right. <laughs> I'm sure he's done more than two good things. He seemed like a pretty decent guy at Pork Fest, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got the Iowa caucuses in like less than a week now. I can't believe that. No, so there's, man. So the next, there's no more debates. No, there's one debate right before. Is that right before on the 7th? Is that the next debate? No, no more debates before it. So that debate is right after. What is that? So, I, know, I know they're having a, there's a New Hampshire town CNN thing coming up soon that they didn't invite Tulsi Gabbard to, even though she's yeah, tied, tied with Yang in the most recent polls there. They're actually beating Yang. She was at 6%. He was at five, but she doesn't get to go. I think she's spent, uh, she's spending like all her time up in New Hampshire. She's not, I don't even yeah. know if she's been to Iowa that much. Yeah. She was just snowboarding there today. So is it, it's Monday the third then? Is that the. Yeah. That's the Iowa caucus. And then New Hampshire's when, do you know off the top of your head? I don't. Like a week later, maybe. Then I know the next debate's on the seventh, I believe, but. You got any predictions for Iowa? So Bernie took the lead, right? Pretty strong lead. Um, he was way ahead in the most recent poll. But if you look at the um, like the real clear politics averages where they average all the, the polls mm-hmm. in Iowa, he's ahead still, but by like a point. So it, he might have really just pulled ahead a lot. But when you average in all the other polls there, he's just very slightly ahead. The thing with Iowa, since it is a caucus. How does like, that work? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I th- like one of the things that screwed over Ron Paul. He won Iowa. But he, but he didn't. He did, but he didn't. Like they, didn't they give it to Rick Santorum at the end of the day? I don't know. I it thought was, it was just it was, like it was, CNN wouldn't like mention that he won or something. It was, it was Ron like, Paul. Well, what a Romney great turnout for Rick Santorum. And Rick Santorum. He got this many then, votes. He beat they, they, then they like found some Rick Santorum votes somewhere. I don't know. They came Fro- in like frothy, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, I think the way they do it is like people come up and speak for candidates. So like each, you know, the a campaign will nominate someone that local area, that caucus, and they can be huge. They can be massive auditoriums. We'll have someone come up and speak. And like, depending on the strategy, like if they're, Say they really don't want Bernie to win, and there's like some important caucuses that that they that they want to beat him. You could have like, uh, for example, say if someone like Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg, I don't, I have no idea if it's going to happen or not. But if they decide to, they want to sort of team up to beat Bernie, they could say, you know, the person go up and say, all the Pete Buttigieg vote voters vote for uh, Amy Klobuchar. Um, supporting her for this for the purposes of this caucus or something like that, okay. and then they can sort of team up and then take the delegates there that way. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I kind of, I just find it hard to believe that Bernie's going to win. Um, That's the thing that I'm wondering because I could see him winning some of these early contests, but the DNC will not let him be the candidate. They're no. they have said he's not acceptable. He cannot even. Joe Biden won't say he'll endorse him if he wins. Hillary Clinton said she doesn't. Nobody likes him. <laughs> I don't think I can. 
And we all saw this like phony thing with Elizabeth Ward and CNN, like coordinated attack. All right. So we don't know that she's lying about what he said, but the fact that she lied about being an Indian, the fact that she lied about being fired for being pregnant, the fact that she lied about sending her kids to public school. I am kind of siding with Bernie on this, especially when he's on tape saying like, for decades that a woman could be president and that he supported Hillary Clinton. And he's like, Oh, of course, Hillary Clinton got 3 million more votes than Donald Trump. Of course, a woman could be president. Like, I, I don't think he's making this up. Well, I think it was Scott Adams where I heard this, but I think multiple people have said it, that it's probably a combination of Elizabeth Warren taking something Bernie said, you know, they had this meeting in 2018 and, <laughs> You know, Elizabeth Warren says, I'm thinking about running, getting the race. And Bernie says something to the effect of, well, you know, it's going to be hard for a woman to beat Donald Trump. You know, just honest, it is. It's going to be hard right. for anyone to beat Donald Trump. Uh, it, might, it might be easier, honestly, though, for Tulsi Gabbard, who's a woman, to beat Donald Trump than any of the rest of the field. But she's that's because the only of, one of them that I think could. But they won't. Yeah, that's because she's, of her policies. It's nothing to do with there being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe, a little, maybe a little bit. But. Of course. Yeah, wait, are you suggesting someone would judge a candidate based on their substance, not on their like what they got between their legs or their skin color? Yes. I'm Crazy. In this day and age, we don't do that around here. Yeah. Not at Lions of Liberty. would never do that. But uh, no, but it's that whole thing, like maybe these new polls that has Bernie way ahead, maybe that's a part of it. Maybe people realize even if he did say it, he said that to a friend in confidence and she brings it out like three weeks before Iowa doesn't mm-hmm. say anything about it for years and then uses it for her political advantage. Like he tries to shake her hand. She won't shake his hand. And it's, I don't think people like that. I think the elites, the media, the establishment, I don't think they are where the people are. And I think they're all in for a rude awakening. I mean, most of these candidates that were all just running on like identity politics and stuff are failing miserably. Yeah. Honestly, I think out of all the candidates, all the Democratic candidates, I dislike Elizabeth Warren by far the most. And that's including Kamala Harris. Elizabeth Warren is just so incredibly fake. Like everything she does is so fake. When she's on these town halls and she's asked a question, she gets like pretend excited, like, ooh, ooh, well, l- l- let me tell you about my plan. See, with, with my plan, it's, it's, it's so – and I know that she, she went up to Bernie right after that debate and confronted him, knowing she was still mic'd up, knowing that that event was going to be put out there. And Bernie had the – at least had the – I think it's a classy thing to do to say, hey, let's not talk about this right now. Let's not talk about this right now. And she's pushing it and pushing it. And then he offers to shake her hand and she wouldn't, she wouldn't even shake his hand. So I don't know. I, I think she is so dislikable. And to see, I saw this thing on Twitter the other day. You probably saw it too. It was, I think it went viral. And it's this, uh, this lady posts that she's like, I'm just so happy that my uh, five-year-old daughter had her, uh, Elizabeth oh, Warren yeah. doll in oh, her God. bed, and I asked her why she had it in her bed, and she said, "Well, when I have it with me, I feel like I can do anything." It's like, oh my God, it's, it's ridiculous! I can't take it. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, and so I've been reading up about the coronavirus, and apparently Elizabeth Warren's got a plan for that now too. Oh yeah, like, can what's, you believe it? What's can the you plan? believe it? I don't care. U- I'm Universal sure. coronavirus sure it's vaccination coverage, but there's some. I've got some. I've got some stuff to say about the coronavirus, though. I guess. 
Preach. So, I mean, me and you are both old enough. We lived through them, like, scaring us about Ebola, scaring us about SARS, scaring us about everything that never turned out to be anything. And just like, I mean, not that Ebola is not a terrible disease, but it wasn't going to, like, kill half the world, you know. I kind of feel like everyone's getting all worked up about something that maybe it'll be a little worse than the flu, you know. Sure, the people it impacts will be terrible, but I don't think it's going to be a thing, really. I think we're fine. I don't think people should worry about it. But I was listening to this podcast. I can't think what it's called. It was something like, this is how the world ends. And it's like 10 episodes, different ways that it could possibly happen. And one of them is about like one of these pandemics, uh, especially these like bioengineered diseases that may people may be working on or doing. And though I don't think this is anything, one of these times, it probably is going to be something. And the whole fact that like where this broke out in Wuhan, this it, there's a like level four bio, um, like biotechnology, like Chinese like research facility there, like eight miles from, they're like, no, no, it broke up. This all started at that fish market eight miles down the road here, not the bio research lab. <laughs> and it's... And it's like in this podcast, they talked about like all these accidents and things that have happened. Like this one, they had shipped a bunch of stuff through the mail. Some of it and some of the vials broke and stuff. And there was typhoid in one of the vials. Luckily, oh, that, wow. that one didn't break. But it's like, are you kidding? And one thing that's interesting to know about the U.S., like if there's an accident or like a U.S. government bio research lab, they have to report it and, you know, do all this stuff, whatever. Private companies, though, no reporting requirement at all. Nothing. And I was a libertarian. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't need government to do anything for me. But something like that kind of worries me a little bit. And I've been seeing a lot of these articles about how they've been doing these quarantines and stuff in China. And a lot of articles with actually them being so authoritarian, only they could take care of this properly. Jeez. Only they could. And I'm like, well, when you do have an authoritarian government, you can uh, make people do things, I guess. But I don't know. It's so... Uh, when you talk about an existential threat or say you have a disease that's easily communicable, maybe engineered that way and would kill 95% of the people that get it, like one person could mess up or one person could be malicious and like destroy the whole human race. I'm not saying, I'm not like coming out for a government or anything, but it's like things like that make me step back and pause and think like, well, how do we handle this? I'm not even sure. I don't even really know. Maybe I should give up all my rights. Hmm. No, no, no. I'm definitely not there. <laughs> I mean, more. Maybe communism's not that bad. More, more. My gut instinct is like, well, you know what? I'd rather die free than. <laughs> I'd I rather, mean, that's, that's I'd the rather the whole human race just die than us give in to government. I mean, come on. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> We've got to have our dignity, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat as you there, and I I agree with you with the coronavirus. It's hard to tell what the hell's going on in China. Nobody knows. They've shut down that town. Basically, does that mean they've shut it down because things are so bad, or and that's the or thing? It's them, just easier to do that. Them being a their government, especially, we can't believe anything they say. Mm-hmm. There's videos of nurses saying that like 90,000 people are infected and all these people are dying. It's like, I don't know if this is bullshit or if the go mm. Chinese government's lying. I don't know. I mean, th in the US, between it's like something, it's pretty wide range, between like 15,000 and 60,000 die every year of the flu, which is, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's, that's, 
it's a massive number of people. So like the things that I've seen on it, and I I want to check that podcast out, but um, just hearing doctors talk about it, and I know doctors can't trust every doctor, but the way that they're looking at it, that you know, even if it's not as bad as the flu, like if you can contain something like this and stop it before it becomes like another seasonal version of the flu that everyone can get, um, then you should try to do that. Obviously, I'm not saying to do it in an authoritarian way, but uh, there's definitely you know, benefits to to, to uh, curtailing it, even if it's you know not as bad as the flu. That was, that podcast it was excellent, but one thing I really didn't like about it was every now and then the guy would talk about possible solutions, and he was talking about having like an international like we have to have you like ways that you can deal with these things or things you can do or can't do. There has to be like an international force that can, if someone's going to violate it, like invade and take over their country and like overthrow them and force them to do like, I'm like, all right, I understand we're talking about existential threats, but you're talking about having an international force that can, has more powerful military than any country in the world and can force invade and force anyone to do anything they want. I'm like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Speaking of uh, international forces, so, so by the way, for the listeners out there, Brian sent us a full list of articles to talk about. And of course he said, talk about this stuff or talk about whatever you want, but we haven't talked about anything that he listed. But one thing that he did send out kind of ties in here, uh, the UN human rights ruling that says climate refugees cannot be returned back to their home country. So essentially, what's a climate refugee? What's the definition there? Who, who's impacted? Is this enforceable? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I tried to find this stuff out to see if, if this is enforceable. I don't know. It's just the same article restating the, the same, you know, quote restated in all these articles. So I had sent this article to Brian before he sent it to us to maybe talk about. <laughs> and just because I send an article doesn't mean like, I think it's true. It's just <laughs> may, maybe it is. It's interesting. This is what people are saying. Let's, you know, something to think about. And the fact that it comes from the Gateway Pundit, and if you read through it, I CNN, don't think... CNN posted it, too. Okay, because from the Gateway... No, not that that makes it true. Fake I was just, news, yeah, CNN. I was say, I don't know that I trust the Gateway Pundit. I definitely don't trust CNN. <laughs> but... Okay, let's say this is true. It's worth talking about. So if you're a refugee climate, like climate change is going to devastate the poorest areas of the world. You know, it's going to... <laughs> it's all white men's fault and it's only going to hurt like the poor colored peoples. Mm-hmm. And so the UN supposedly is saying, you know, if these people are climate refugees, you have to accept them. Well, first of all, since when has the U S ever done anything that the UN says we have to do? Never. And we're not going mm-hmm. to, which I'm glad for. I wish we'd get out of it. Um, that's not entirely true. I mean, a, a lot of the reason and root behind the war on drugs comes from the UN. There's a lot of treaties there. Really? Yeah. I had a guy. Back- Didn't we start the war on drugs? I, I don't know if we started it, but we have like treaties with, with other nations agreeing, you know, on, on certain, you know, certain prohibitions. I'd have to do, you know, look back into it more, but I had a guy on a couple episodes or, probably a couple hundred episodes ago uh, to talk about it, but I can try to find it linking in the show notes. Back in 1966, when I was a congressional page, there's actually a vote 
for the U.S. to get out of the U.N. and the House floor. It's like, holy shit, that's awesome. And a lot of people voted for it. It obviously didn't pass, but mm-hmm. I was surprised to see how many congressmen at the time were like, yeah, we shouldn't be in the U.N. We need to get out of that. Did Did Ron Paul bring it up? I don't know who did. I should look that up. But it was one of the like, and you know, most things they vote on, I didn't give a shit. That was one of the things that's like, oh, wow. They really might get out of the U.N.? Because I had a, like, on my backpack, I had a pin with, like, the U.N. with, like, the circle with the line through it. Like, no U.N. <laughs> Not a fan. Haven't been for decades. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah, but do you really think the U.S. is going to start taking marching orders from the U.N.? I don't. I mean, Trump's not. There's because um, there's been talk too about people are worried because they saw these ads where in the U.S. the U.N. is looking to hire like uh, what's the term for it? It's people that would take your guns. I'm trying to think of the fancy term for it, like disarmament enforcement or officers or something. People are like, oh, they might have these U.N. people come and take Virginians' guns. And there was like, people are actually that's, concerned about that. I'm like, they're, they're looking for women too. And they're like, that's just because people won't shoot back at women. They're like, they're trying to. They're looking for women with babies. It's going to trick you into giving your gun to a baby. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I think this would be more of a, like a long-term play that would have to worry about, which it's inevitable. I do think Trump will get reelected for better or worse. Um, I think he has four more years, but what I'm worried about is long term after Trump, it's going to swing left and it's going to swing left hard. And I hope it's not AOC. She'll be old enough. Won't she be? Well, God. you know what? I'm actually kind of hoping despite the DNC's efforts that we have Bernie versus Trump, not that Bernie is a real socialist or Trump's a real capitalist, but let's have the capitalism versus socialism argument. Let's just have it. Let's do it now. Yeah, but that's it. You you won't get the actual argument. You'll get a crony cap- capitalism. Are we ever going to get the real argument. one? I don't know. Yeah, I just think Trump is such a, a bad messenger for that argument. Is not only Bernie because he's, a good messenger for socialism. I don't know. I mean, I mean good. <laughs> I think he's. I think he represents the ideas. I, I don't like, know. Do you th- is he going to convince the majority of Americans to become socialist? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think I, 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 think, mean, Trump, I, I think most people see see through his uh, his shtick. I think Trump wins that election. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, they think but, it would c- come off as a repudiation of socialism. It comes off as that, but then we have the inevitable collapse that we're going to have eventually, and that gets blamed on capitalism. Well, that's coming no matter so, what. Just a, yeah, <clears throat> it's it's just a matter of time until I don't know. The whole thing's going to fall apart eventually, unless. What? <laughs> Is it possible we could like out innovate our way out of it? I I think so. Like just the government becomes obsolete type thing. Like if production and things like that just become so advanced and so like, sure, if we didn't have this $22 trillion of debt, we'd be a much better place. But it like just grows so exponentially that it makes up for that. Like we like move into like a post scarcity world where we're producing so efficiently, like everybody has everything they need. I, I mean, that's that's an interesting conversation because we are going to get to a point in our lifetimes where 
with automation and people look at this as a bad thing, which is just so crazy no, to no. me where, I mean, like a 40 hour work week is going to look ridiculous. Like in, in 20, 30 years, like why the hell are we working 40 hours a week? I can do all this shit in a couple hours. I hit these buttons and, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I think we're, I think we're entering, I think we're entering really the golden age of the human existence. Not to say everything's yeah. perfect. We still have war. We still have, you know, people who are starving to death. Things could be a hell of a lot better. I don't want to get lumped in with the Stephen Pinker crowd who says that, you know, everything's they? just always getting better and better. But those aren't the Pinkertons, are they? <laughs> are you I a Pinkerton? I don't know what that is. I think Weezer has a song called that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I know. But I think that. I really do think if everything doesn't just go to hell, we might get to a place where it's practically post-scarcity, where people's needs are in general met. I mean, with AI and automation and all this stuff, what people are going to need to do, it's going to be content creation. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment or services or things like, and you won't have to do that much to meet your needs. I, I really think, that if capitalism were to play out and science is allowed to advance, that we're going to be at a pretty good spot, maybe despite the government. Yeah. Well, you'll need a couple of things to happen, which might be assisted by technological advances. Uh, the price of housing or renting, that's got to drop significantly in proportion to how much money people are making. Not till I and- sell. <laughs> sell now. <laughs> maybe I should sell now. Uh and then cars, transportation, getting around. But I think that's that's moving rapidly. Uh, improvements. With, Actually, uh, if a, if a county over from mine becomes part of West Virginia, I will sell because that I'll move there, and my commute to work still won't be that bad. Is that uh, I meant to ask you about that? Uh, so is that something that's even like probability wise? What do you think the chances of that happening are? I think the chances are very very low like three percent chance maybe but like west virginia probably just like joking with us has offered but there are some historical like reasons why it might make sense and so say this one county i think it's frederick county they were supposed to have a vote back in the day whether they're going to be part of west virginia or virginia and they actually never held the vote so maybe they could do it now Decide, yeah, West Virginia. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. That would be, honestly, something like that could have a really good effect on the country as a whole. Because it's not like a county is leaving or a state is leaving the the U.S. You're sort of reorganizing into a state that you agree with more. The general population does. Maybe that could set off a trend of like reorganization of states around the country, which would be freaking awesome. Yeah. That, or even just like, I guess it's a session, but if we broke up into littler pieces, cause here's the thing I'm starting to agree with you. Maybe, maybe Elizabeth Warren is the worst. Cause now she's out there promoting, getting rid of the electoral college. It's like, Oh, the couple big cities get to decide everything for the whole rest of the country. Are you kidding me? Like why would any part of the middle of the country stay a part of that? Why? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. There's no reason. I'm starting to think like somebody was on Michael Malice's show and he said something. He's like, uh, I kind of think that hurts like the discourse and people being able. He's like, yes, exactly. He's like, I want it to. He's like, 
there's no reasoning with these people. We need to break up and go our own ways. I'm kind of like, ah, maybe we do need to like just accelerate the breakdown and the division and the just as yeah. people are like, ah, we've had it. Let's part ways. Yeah, Malice has been big on that for a while. On, I mean, uh, on breaking up and I, I think that that's ultimately what's going to have to happen. Yeah, and I don't want to see anything come to violence. I would love to just see decentralization, secession, breakup, you know, and let mm-hmm. people voluntarily do what they want together and then live the way they want in their own communities together. Libertarian utopia someday. That's right. So what else did Brian have on that list? Let's do like a rocket fire through this. Uh, so yeah, we want to, he had Schiff. We already talked about Schiff and impeachment. The UN talked about that. So there's a new state department rule crackdown. Oh, on, on birth tourism. So I don't know if you saw oh, this. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. So they are uh, giving more, uh, I guess giving the the consulate or the, the officers there, I don't know what they're called. They but. can deny people the right to come here if they're pregnant. So they're not having anchor babies. Yeah. It's the B one and B two visas. Right. And I think the Supreme court said this is fine, but I guess like the article was saying that this is, it's sort of probably just more posturing than anything. Cause there's only 10,000, I guess 10,000 babies were born in the U S to foreign residents last year, I think, or two years ago. And like, if you haven't, so if, so if someone travels here, has a baby, um, under the current laws now for that baby to uh, sponsor their parents to become legal citizens, they have to be 21 and the parents have to spend 10 years outside of the United States. So you're talking three decades in order for the parents to become U.S. citizens. Um, yeah. That's not a good plan. This doesn't really matter at all. But in principle, I'm torn. Just in principle, like we realize this is such a small number. It doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. it's it's good to talk about. So I'm torn because I want these people to be able to come here. But I also don't want someone to be a citizen just because – their mom came here on vacation and had the baby. And the only reason I feel that way is because of what citizenship gives you, like voting rights and things. Because I want <laughs> as few people voting as possible. I don't know. It's like, I want you to at least, like if you're going to become an American citizen, I want you to have to learn about American citi- history and what made America free and prosperous. Like, why do we have the Bill of Rights? Why do we have the Constitution? How did this all turn out this way? I want you to kind of have an understanding about that before you're casting ballots in this country. If citizenship didn't automatically entail that, then I'd be like, oh, whatever. But I don't, I feel like just because two non-Americans come here and give birth here, that I just, it just doesn't make sense to me that that baby would automatically be an American citizen. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really... But I don't want to stop them from coming here at all. That's fine. Come on. Yeah, that's well. That's the thing. And maybe they're coming here because they need the medical care. Maybe. And honestly, anyone who's going to travel here just for medical care outside of the country where they live are probably some of the wealthiest people in that country. But so maybe they're doing it just to get the get the best medical care. So as I mean, as a libertarian, what's what's wrong with that? I don't see any problem with that. Is it better to have babies here than as elsewhere? No, I mean. I think for the most part in like first world 
nations. I think it's so I'm just worried about anyway, hospitals but. in general. I'm like, man, I hope Brian has the baby and gets out of that hospital before the coronavirus patients get in there. Cause I did see there's a couple in like LA now. Yeah, <laughs> Well, this has been, they've been all over. There was one in Virginia. Wasn't there? Oh, I did see someone post about something in the DC area. I got to check the tracker. I last I saw this morning, there were like five in the U S it might've grown. Cause this go back to back on that coronavirus for a minute. The thing that annoys the crap out of me. And I posted about this think of the lines, of Liber- lines of Liberty forum, which you can join by going on Facebook and typing lines of Liberty forum in the search bar at the top and joining. Um, talking about how like every article I read about it, they're like, there was someone in Canada, there was someone in Texas, someone in Virginia. And they're like, well, uh, they flew from, you know, the city where the outbreak was in China back to the U S but don't worry. Uh, we don't think anybody was exposed to it outside of their family. And they're like, what about all the people they interacted with yeah. along the way? <laughs> from what I read, if they cough or something and you're within six feet, it's highly contagious and you're going to get it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, probably yeah, if you have a weakened immune system, and which a lot of people do. The thing yeah. about it is, too, is they're not sure yet, but you might have it for like two weeks before you show any symptoms or feel sick. So there's a lot of people that probably have it and you don't know they have it and they seem fine. Oh, boy. It's going to be a wild ride. One last thing about the coronavirus, though, because <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Because, you know, I think maybe it might have gotten loose from that bio lab. But maybe not. Maybe not. Some people were bl- blaming it on pretty much them eating bush meat in China, like the bats or then they thought it was snakes or something. Yeah, I thought they were having sex with animals or something. And it's like not, and it's, sometimes it's not even eating those things, but because they're dirty, like sla- when you're slaughtering them and that kind of thing, like the disease, you, you can get it. I don't know, but I'd kind of s- steer away from that. From eating bush meat. Lions Liberty yeah. listeners don't eat bush meat. Well, there was the one thing put out by the World Health Organization why I mentioned having sex with animals. And it said the things to do to avoid coronavirus, like wash your hands, um, don't eat you know undercooked meat. And the last bullet point on it was <laughs> don't eat bat wing soup. <laughs> the last bullet point on it was don't have unprotected sex with wild animals or <laughs> domesticated animals. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I don't know what they do in China. Doesn't that just go without saying? Do we have to tell people that now? Is it, is it that widespread? I don't know. Did you see the article the other day? Like doctors begging men don't masturbate with banana peels. What? Yeah. That was a real article. I actually read this one. I usually don't. I see the headline. I'm like, what? Whatever. But it's, it was nonsense. I don't see any reason why not to do it. They were like, it came down to some people might be allergic to bananas or something. Yeah. And it's like, especially for our if, listeners, especially for our listeners out there, who this, <laughs> this is your daily practice. Don't be alarmed. You're probably okay. I mean, I, I give you guys lots of advice. Don't fly in helicopters. Don't eat bush meat. Don't do PCP. <laughs> but if you want to masturbate the band appeal, it, if you're not allergic to latex, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Live, live your own life. And live something life. else I learned reading the article, if you are going to do that, if you heat it up in the microwave a little bit, <laughs> it's apparently much better. <laughs> just read about it. He was just reading about it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of the other day. I haven't had time to investigate <laughs> further. Oh, mentioning PCP. Did you see in Maryland the guy who got shot by the police and killed handcuffed in the squad car? No, I didn't. You see, didn't you send that article to me? I did. I did. Not have time to- I did. So 
Here it is. I got it here. Okay. So, so from what I read, the cops arrested this guy and they're like, well, we smelled PCP on him. You, you can smell PCP. I had to Google it. I'm like, you can smell PCP. So I looked it up and I found this article like that talks about what different drugs smell like. So parents who think they're teens are doing drugs like, well, no. And according to this article, if you're smoking PCP, it smells like permanent marker. Really? So, I, so I don't know. Maybe the cops did smell PCP. But so what they did, they handcuffed the guy. They strapped him in the front of the cop car. Apparently there was some kind of tussle and the cop shot and killed him. And of course did not have his body camera on. And to me, this, this makes no sense. This seems like cops run amok again. Like, all right, if there's somebody is on PCP, if he was, and they're going to be like wild or whatever, and he's handcuffed, put him in the back of the car where they've got like the little divider and all that stuff. Don't put him in the front seat with you. Yeah, that's like, does not that make any protocol. sense? That's ridiculous. And then like the whole fact that, oh, the, this body c- camera wasn't on makes me just doubt the whole story entirely. And it's just one more incident of cops just killing citizens. Officer was placed on administrative leave. I'm sure paid administrative leave. They said they are determined to find out what happened inside that cruiser. Yeah. How are they going to do that? Two uh, two witnesses say that they heard two loud bangs coming from the front or coming from the coming from the vehicle. Good uh, good job, Just witnesses. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's like seriously. When are we going to start talking about disarming the police? Because this is completely out of hand. Yeah, I guess I am for gun control. <laughs> I am too for that kind. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through the rest of Brian's because we've been on for quite a bit. How long have we been going for? Just an hour now. So, what All else right. did he talk about? Um, something with Carter Page. No. Uh, now I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> Actually, we all know the whole reason they were spying in the Trump campaign is it's all a bunch of bullshit. And what the government's solution is, is not anything it's like oh we better review this and maybe do things better it's like yeah they're not going to do a goddamn thing about it oh here's here's a good one goldman sachs to refuse ipos if all directors are white straight men here we go virtue (laughs) virtue signaling costs nothing god it's that is just is this really where we are right now like this so are we still counting the Irish and Italians as white. Are we counting Jewish people as white? I wouldn't think so. That's a good question. Who's what's white. Yeah. It's like, if you listen to Thaddeus Russell, it's like a new concept. They kind of like came up with it when the world war started to get everybody to fight together. Cause like back in the day in America, like the Irish weren't white. The Italians weren't white. It's like, are you kidding me? Well, there was a lot of hatred be- between, you know, the, the different groups. But they seriously, they were not considered white. Mm-hmm. Like white was this new concept that came up when we had to all band together and fight this war. Yeah, so, so ridiculous. This is just a hundred percent virtue signal. I mean, it's so insane to say that we're not, so we're not going to value your company anything. 
We will refuse to let you go on the open market. I mean, they can go through someone else, but they're not going to do any IPOs unless you have at least a, a woman on it or a person of color or someone who is gay. As if to say <laughs> that just being those things in themselves add some sort of value. Not that it not that it would take away value if they were on the board. The best people who are, you know, the most qualified should be on every board, whatever their ethnicity or sexual orientation or, or whatever. So if somebody thinks they're gay and then they find out they're not later. <laughs> How many people are going to pretend to be gay just to get on a board now? <laughs> does buy curious count? <laughs> like how does <laughs> it's nonsense. Uh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. one last thing about the election now. Actually two last things. One is, I don't know if you saw, but Bloomberg is rising in the polls. He is in one of the newer national polls. He's beating booty now. In a national poll, but he's not on the ballot in Iowa or he's not on New Hampshire either, is he? I don't know. And I think kind of some of a lot of the old stuff, nothing nothing is the same anymore. Like people used to say there's only three tickets out of Iowa, so the top three, it's gotta be one of them. I don't think any of that matters anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. I really think so the DNC they got shit about the superdelegates. So they're like, all right, they're not gonna vote in the first round at the convention. So the first round, I don't think anyone's going to get a majority. Yeah, it'll be a broker convention. And then I think Hillary Clinton's going to reluctantly throw in her hat and be like, I didn't want to do this, but I beat him before despite Russian interference and I can do it again. I'm getting in. And who owns the superdelegates? Hillary Clinton does. I, I could think. see, I could see that, but maybe more likely, uh, Kamala Harris. No, come on. Yeah. Don't, don't. I could, I could see that happening. <laughs> don't you put this on us. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, Scott Adams keeps saying that he thinks it's, Oh my God. She was not over. For, for Kamala Harris. She is people. the worst. And I, as soon as I said that um, Elizabeth Warren is my least like, Concluding Kamala Harris, I'm like, ah, you know, I probably don't mean that. <sighs> I didn't know Klobuchar had put somebody in jail for life. For for what? Mm, I don't know. I didn't didn't have time to read it. Honestly, <laughs> I don't even know what her background is. So. Yeah, I'm so like, she, I didn't even know she was one of those people. She was a prosecutor. But she's also calling for. She wants Bloomberg in the debates. Some of the people think he's getting off too easy to not have to debate these folks. Whatever, like these are debates at all, not just infomercials or something. I think he will. I think Bloomberg's going to look so out of touch in the debate formats. I hope everyone knows he's the one that's the reason we're oh might lose our gun rights in Virginia. It's Bloomberg and his money doing this mm-hmm. here. Yeah, backing what is it? Any town USA or whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. moms something. Yeah. I don't think he has a chance. I, I think you put, I guess Bloomberg could run as an independent. He's already positioned himself sort of as an independent within the Democrat party, but he's obviously a, a huge leftist. As long as we have electoral college, he has no chance. Yeah. He's another guy that came out as we were talking about abortion at the top of the show. His commercial says he's 100% pro choice. What oh, can that mean other than? Yeah. Pro-choice all the way up until birth. 
Oh, in that podcast I was talking about, we actually find the name of it. Because every freaking, there's commercials during it. And every single one, I think, was a Bloomberg commercial. Drove me nuts. I'll tell you what, if Bloomberg wants to do a commercial on Lions of Liberty, we'll take the money. <laughs> we'll take we'll, we'll run it. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna pay attention to it. Just give us the money. It'll help Liberty. We'll we can still talk crap on him, right? If we Yeah, we can still talk crap on it afterwards, probably. At least we'll get one commercial run. Then All right. So the podcast it. is well, The End yeah. of the World with Josh Clark. It's very good, but you have to hear Bloomberg commercials and you have to hear him suggesting some international super armed force that can occupy any country and force them to do it he says this Besides is bloomberg that, suggesting this or the no no the podcaster yeah. i'm sure bloomberg would be behind it too but oh man all right i think we covered enough news and culture for the day so so how do we close this out i don't know yet though i don't think we mentioned any comedy stuff i think we mixed in some comedy yeah we did there there's <laughs> One co- <laughs> There's one comedy related topic I didn't know if I wanted to bring up. Maybe I'll just mention it, see if you want to say anything. If you don't, we'll just cut this part out. Sure. So the whole Kobe Bryant thing, I don't know if you saw what Ari Shafir was doing. No. He was trying to troll people on the internet and just saying like all this horrible shit about him. And it's like, I don't know if this is like some character he does or something, but people are like outraged and freaking out. And to me, honestly, I've I find it kind of like, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like an actual man and his daughter and all these other people died. I'd at least wait. I like the too soon things a joke, but I don't know. I kind of feel it. I don't like hate him or anything. I just like, eh, not a decision I would make. I've, yeah. I mean, not yeah, my people, cup of tea. Yeah. I, I definitely don't respect, I, and I haven't seen any of the jokes, but I don't respect anyone trying to gain attention or, you know, draw attention to, their comedy by that's just really just low, low humor. I mean, there's low humor. That's funny. I mean, like, I, 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 I funny, don't think but. that there's anything you shouldn't be able to joke about, but to me, I just, I didn't like it. That's all. I'm not, I don't think you should be able to do it. I don't think anybody should like, I don't know, like go after or cancel him or anything. I'm just, eh, I didn't like that. I wonder what Joe Rogan thinks about it. Cause it, those two are pretty tight. I'm pretty sure. Oh my God. We didn't talk about the whole Joe Rogan thing. Oh, endorsing that Bernie. transphobe, racist, <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, sh- should we do it or should we? Stop? Yeah, let's let's give it a quick two minutes here. So, what, right. what are your th- what are your thoughts on it, real quick? Do you want to give a rundown of what happened, real quick? Yeah. So, I guess uh, I forget who Joe was doing a podcast with somebody. I forget who, and he basically just said, "If election was today, then I would probably vote for Bernie." And then Bernie ran it as a paid ad. I assume with Joe's permission, maybe not. Uh, I assume so. I think it would. I don't know if I'd have to have it, but I assume he would get it. So, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm surprised that he wouldn't endorse someone like Tulsi. Joe's not afraid to go against the grain. Um, he's he's with said, that being said, he he voted for Gary Johnson. He said he likes her. Like a, all the Democrat candidates want to go on his show, and he said, eh, I'll have Bernie on Tulsi, Andrew Yang's like the, the rest of them can fuck themselves. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And he's get his podcast gets 200 million downloads a month. The biggest like show on TV, I think is Hannity. And it's like a hundred million. Like Joe's double that. Mm-hmm. 
And you would think, <laughs> being a Democrat, you'd be like, oh, great, one of our candidates is getting all this attention. But no, nope, nope. They're like, he's transphobic, he's racist, this and that. And they like put all this stuff together. They have quotes without any explanation. Like, he was talking about this trans person, and he said, you're a man. Like, leave it there. <laughs> he's talking about a mixed martial artist who was a man who now says they're a female and beat the shit out of women, fractured two women's skulls. The mm -hmm. beginning of their career didn't even tell people they used to be a man. And he's transphobic. I'm sorry. I thought Democrats had a problem with men beating the shit out of women. I guess not. I guess that went out the door mm -hmm. back, back when we didn't kill infants and whatever. But then they have like, Somebody put together like a montage of every time he said the N word, which was never like in context in a way like I'm saying that because I feel this way about this race of people. It's it's nonsense and whatever. It's not going to hurt Joe. It's not going to hurt no. Bernie. The they're going to destroy themselves. The left will eat itself. And it's and, and there were there were a bunch of libertarians who were like really disappointed that Joe would endorse Bernie. But you got I mean, Joe Rogan is not a libertarian, although I think it was Brian that drafted him on his Liberty team. <laughs> somebody, does somebody have him on this year's Rico? Maybe? Yeah, somebody's got it. I think, no, I think JB's got him. JB, JB also has Obama, so it's not looking like a strong team. <laughs> does he really? <laughs> but people are disappointed. Like, oh, I can't believe, you know, at least, at least I would hope he, he would endorse Tulsi. Then you got to remember about Joe Rogan. He is. An independent, like not one of these fake independents who just says they're independent and votes Democrat every time, which is most independents. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an independent who will look at the candidates and decide who they want to support. The problem with Joe is he has zero principles at all whatsoever. So he's just going based on how he feels and how the other – it's mostly emotional, I think. Yeah. So whatever. I think if he understood more, he would feel differently, but I don't think – these particular topics he puts a lot of thought into. He doesn't have an incentive to understand something like that because if he takes, I mean, he's one of the most influential people in the world. And if he were to, and he's getting paid for that via sponsorships and everything. If he were to take a side, he would lose most of that. He would lose half of it. Yeah. So whatever. Well, nice one, Democrats. Let's see how this all works out for you. All I right. think I remembered how, how Brian signs off. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. So from uh, from Howie Snowden, the godfather of liberty, from John Odermatt of Felony Friday, uh, this is Lions of Liberty signing off. Always stay. What does he say? Plugged in to liberty. <laughs> Always stay plugged in to liberty. Liberty.